Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's afternoon time in Ukraine where Joseph Lindsley is. Uh, Joe, hello to you. We're now a few days past the one-year anniversary of the war and uh, that much-feared attack from Russian forces, a major attack, really hasn't developed, has it? Uh, no, Bob, it, it has not at all. And, uh, you know, we had, for example, throughout the country this morning, there were uh, air raid alarms uh, until about 11 o'clock from, from about 7 a.m., uh, but still very calm. Uh, some experts and observers are thinking that uh, Russia really has depleted its stockpile of missiles. Uh, and so that's why we do see this period of calm. Uh, we have seen in the past week uh, since the February 24th anniversary uh, a number of small drone attacks. Uh, most of those drones have been shot down. And perhaps that is, uh, you know, Russians are doing recon or they're testing Ukraine's air defense system while they're working on resupply. Uh, there is concern that maybe during this time Russia is getting resupplied by, say, China uh, or even North Korea. Uh, and so we are... And it's a strange waiting period in much of the country. But then, of course, uh, in Bakhmut, that's where uh, the most intense fighting is happening. And uh, the uh, Ukrainian officials have said that there are more Russians here than we have ammunition to destroy them. And that's what I've heard for weeks uh, from friends I know who have been fighting in Bakhmut. Uh, there is a am- uh, shortage of ammunition, and they've had often to conserve uh, their rounds as they try to keep the Russians uh, away. And it is this Russian paramilitary group, the Wagner group, uh, that is uh, really the, the that's the Russian force that is trying to take Bakhmut. Uh, they're probably a little bit less now than three miles uh, uh, away from uh, circling the city, uh, which would cut off any Ukrainians in there. So that would be a horrible situation. And I think some spec well, there, there's something going on within the Kremlin uh, and the Russian military. So Wagner is this sort of private military mercenary group. Uh, The owner has been very, uh, the leader of it has been very close to Vladimir Putin. uh, And he has been critical uh, vocally of the Russian military. And uh, in the past couple of days, uh, there there are moves in in Moscow to uh, further silence uh, any type of criticism of the military. So some people think that, you know, maybe there are certainly power plays going on between Russian generals and then the Russian uh, mercenaries uh, who are working down in Bakhmut. And what we see is, you know, while... I mean, the Russians, the main resource they have is as many bodies as they want to keep throwing uh, at right now at Bakhmut and really with no regard for how well these guys are trained or for human life. Uh, and so the Ukrainians simply, well, you know, they, they just they lack some of the technical means to uh, to, to to stop this onslaught. Uh, and I think it's uh, in fact, the uh, Reznikov, the Ukrainian uh, defense minister, said uh, that the, the, the Russians are following a crazy tactic, just sending waves and waves of former prisoners uh, just to get a few meters of ground. Uh, and so as we look at this, there's also some people looking at Crimea. Uh, it's hard to know exactly what's going on there. Uh, we're in this, uh, this strange, you know, these, one of these strange moments of calm that we have now and then throughout the war. And then meanwhile, um, you know, always, as we talked about earlier this week, there's the information uh, battle. And uh, Elon Musk uh, tweeted a few days ago, uh, nobody is pushing this war more than Newland. And Newland, uh, Victoria Newland is a, a longtime United uh, States State Department employee. Uh, she's now Undersecretary of State. And there's this narrative from Elon Musk, from former President Donald Trump, from actor Russell Brand, people that are very popular in social media, 
that this one woman caused uh, uh, or started Ukraine's revolution of dignity and that, and that this whole war is because of her. And it really, as I walk the streets of Kharkiv and I see, you know, the spirit and how everyone's collaborating to stand for the life that they love. And even, I mean, it's wartime, but, you know, you see soldiers walking everywhere, but you don't, no one, there's a sense of trust, right? You, you don't, you're not stopped to check your papers. And, and it really is, people speak whatever language they want, Russian or Ukrainian or English, although there is a great effort to recover their culture. And what Ukrainians did in that revolution was, was claim their country, begin claiming their country back and, and their culture. And I've seen that because I've been here since, you know, the pandemic. Uh, and I, I don't think the, uh, even as good as the American government can be, I don't think they could really orchestrate uh, such a, a, cha- uh, a revolution of the soul and of hearts and minds that I see every day uh, here. And you even look at the little nation of Ireland. They, they speak English, not Irish. Even you know, with 5 million people, they were not able to recover their language. But the Ukrainians have. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, it's, it's uh, just, uh, I guess, from my perspective here, reminding people that you know, this, everything I see here and I have seen here, this is a movement of the people and not controlled by uh, some outside some outside force, and certainly not by a single United States uh, diplomat. Yes, that's a bit of a far-fetched theory. I imagine uh, that the uh, topic of discussion in the cafes and coffee houses, uh, Joe, this weekend will be the United States announcing more military aid for Ukraine later today. Yeah, well, and always with this, and, you know, there's a couple of angles on it. I mean, when, when the aid is announced, uh, you know, when will that arrive? How quickly will it arrive? You know, because there, there's still talk of the tanks. And I was speaking with uh, some officials uh, who work in Congress, and I said, you know, it is very hard to get actual specific numbers on what has been sent. And, and so maybe next week, if, if these people can help me, we'll, we'll have a good report. Because, again, a lot of when, when Washington throws out numbers, and no matter what they're talking about, often it's rather careless, and it's meant just for, to score political points. But to actually see, you know, what is the real value uh, of equipment that's being sent? Is it old equipment? Is it new equipment? Uh, and it is hard to pin that down. Uh, and, it, you know, what I mean, when we hear of the, Ukraine, the Ukrainian need for ammunition in Bakhmut, uh, you know, that, that's been a, a known need for a long time. And so there is some concern that this aid is still coming uh, too slowly. And the question is, uh, do people in Washington, uh, do they want quick victory for Ukraine? Are some of them concerned about uh, uh pushing Russia too much. And do some people want this to go on for a while in order to make money? And there's all different uh, motivations behind the scenes. Uh, meanwhile, I think it's the Eastern Europeans who clearly understand. Uh, today, there are elections in Estonia. Uh, the Estonian Prime Minister, Kaja Kallas, said, if, uh, and Estonia was once part of the Soviet Union, she said, we know very well, you know, if you don't stop this uh, aggression, the aggression will continue. Uh, and so th- that remains the sort of the state of the, the debate about what's going on. And uh, and we have to keep an eye on Moldova, Bob, because there are uh, uh, Hungarian airline has canceled flights for the whole month into Moldova, reminiscent of when airlines canceled flights a year ago uh, before the invasion mm. of Ukraine. And there's a lot of concern that Russians are stirring something up there. And Moldova today declared that their national language is Romanian and not the Soviet created Moldovan. Uh, mm. And so we see a lot of uh, sort of maneuverings during these semi quiet days everywhere besides Bakhmut and other places on the front line. Joseph, I want to leave you with a nice text we got from one of our listeners. Uh, This is from uh, Michelle. Hello, Bob. Again, thank you and WGN for bringing Joseph Lindsley's daily reports to us. I commend you for bringing his real-time heartfelt enlightenment to the so many of us who care. Last September, I sent you a text with a picture of daffodils and a sunflower in a blue vase. 
And this was about Joseph's Ukraine reporting. You read it on the air. He responded in his usual gracious way. At the time, I was remarking on the time that had passed since early spring and early fall, and the war was still going on. Now it's hard to believe more than a year has passed since the beginning of this war. I'm in total awe of the spirit and strength of the Ukrainian people. I do my best to spread the word and enlighten others of this unprovoked barbaric attack that so desperately needs global support. I appreciate and admire Joseph's resilience and tenacity, and especially his remarkable ability to give us such a clear, intense, extremely human perspective of what is happening there. I do worry about him, though, and I'm always relieved to hear his voice at about 7.20 in the morning. Love and blessings to you and yours, Michelle. Isn't that nice? Well, thank you, Michelle, and it's very helpful uh, to hear from the same people to keep marking the time. Otherwise, it's easy to lose track of of how long we've been going through this together. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Hope you have a safe, peaceful weekend, and uh, we'll talk Monday, Joe. Thank you, Bob. Until Monday.